the word and great was the company of them that published it so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God welcome to the know your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord I am your host Bishop Fred A. Carwell senior now lend me your ear and let's go inside of know your Bible and hear God's life-changing word welcome to know your Bible marked out over the years to talk about but this morning we're gonna delve into the deep part of the pool and we're gonna swim our way to the shallow shores if that be the case in just a moment I want you to go to the book of Hebrews chapter 11 Hebrews chapter 11 and I'm gonna read starting out the first three verses of that 11th chapter into your hearing apparatuses. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, the Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. I want to talk today about our brother Abel. You do know that God is able. Mm -hmm. Play on words. So then what is faith? Faith is now the substance of things hoped for. Faith is now the evidence of proof positive of things not seen. And when you consider that without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who cometh to God must believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently, persistently seek him. I think it's better to take your faith and seek God than to be walking around the floor complaining. I think it's better to take up God's word and give it back to him, showing him that you believe what he said. This is a journey. This is not a 50-yard sprint. This is not a sprint matter. This is a marathon where you have to run over uncharted territory. Have to go into places you've never been before. 
you have to communicate with people that you don't even know. You're on a journey. You're on a mission. You're traveling. You're moving. You're trying to get to that place in life where not only do you believe God, but you're able to see his hand moving in your life. You're able to see him moving dark clouds away and hearing you when you pray. Faith, if it's real, is now. If it's not now, it's not faith. God rules and reigns in the vicinity of eternality, nowism. In other words, God is now. And any time you're dealing with his majesty, you're dealing with now. You're turning your faith loose. You're trusting him. You are standing. You are believing. You are praying. You are saying you are. You're not caving in in the middle. You just believe that if God said it, then God is going to do what he said. So now faith is. Say that back to me. So now faith is the substance, the assurance, the tangibility of things hoped for. You see, you have faith to release to get what you hope for. Because now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And it's the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews chapter 11 is filled with what we call the heroes in the halls of faith. And it shows us different biblical individuals who lived in their time. See, you can become the greatest person in your generation that God ever sent through here if you've got faith and if you've got faith to act upon what God sets before you. Because all the great men and women are not dead and gone. No, by faith the elders obtained a good report. And through faith we understand. Those things that we are, uh, are reaching for to strive to understand you can only get there through faith through faith we understand what that the worlds were framed by the word of God through faith we understand why certain things are happening and Jesus told us listen when I send the Holy Ghost to you he's going to show you things to come hello somebody so that means then that I don't have to be stupid I don't have to be ignorant I need to be one of those that wait on God there was a powerful brother that lived in the earth's realm a very, very long time ago. Now, you've got to remember that all of the people, the heroes in the halls of faith that's in Hebrews chapter 11 are not all the folk filled with faith. Because there's some folk in this room that's got some faith. But God is showing us these illustrative individuals that believed him and I want us to glean from those gems that we can accrue uh, out of the lives of these that have lived before us and are recorded in Hebrews chapter 11. In that fourth verse, there is a brother there. His name is Abel. And I like to play on, on Abel's uh, name every now and then because I know that God is able by faith how was it done by faith. 
How does faith come? And how does hearing come? So by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. Everybody say Abel. Abel. Tell your neighbor we're going to talk about Abel. Because we know that God is able. Now, I need for you to go back into the book of Genesis. Is where our story will begin. Because I know that there are those of you under the sound of my voice that are challenged by life circumstances. And you're wondering why me or why this thing is going on. No, don't, don't even go there. Let's just get the lesson so we can make the application. And see, when you apply faith to your situation, it's out of your hands. (laughs) As long as you withhold faith and trying to figure it out, it's in your hands. And those probably are not the best hands to be in. In the fourth chapter of the book of Genesis, we're going to find our brother Abel there. And there are some things that we... Uh, by the grace of God, we'll find ourselves uh, moving and operating and understanding certain other things. Now, let me, let me, let me put a pen right here. I don't want to, I'm not going to start fussing because I've been told that I have perfected fussing. <laughs> you want to know where perfected fussing is? It used to be in his seat. But Try not to come here without a Bible. Could you, could you do that? Could you try to show up with a Bible? Even if you're not interested, make me think that you look like you are. Okay? You need a Bible. Get you one. In Genesis, the fourth chapter, and I'm commence reading at verse 1. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. She bore whom? And she again bore his brother, Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground and offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Now, right here, we have the story of Cain and Abel. And in this story, there are some things that happen through the birth of these two boys that we are still affected somewhat by today. And I know a lot of you probably don't even know that. But you're going to know it before you leave. We got some people. We got some people to enforce to make sure you know. 
These two brothers, now there is, there is something going on here. And one thing that's possibly going on here is the understanding were these twins. It does not matter. Some say that they were twins because, you know, she conceived and she bore Cain and then she bore Abel. And it does not necessarily show us a large expansion of time there. But we do know that Cain and Abel were brothers. We can also attest to the fact that Adam and Eve were their parents. And we can also state that these were the first children. And we can also attest to the fact that there was murder in the first family. Now, each of these individuals represent a whole ideology. They represent a whole religious system. Whereas you have in Cain, that wicked one, that represents all false religion. That's why I say we'll, we're still touched by some of the things that happened between these two boys so very long ago. Whereas Cain came first. And Cain was a tiller of the ground. In other words, he was what you would call Jojo Farmer. <laughs> he was a farmer and he was a disobedient, headstrong, self-willed man. One that you would categorize as one who's going to do it his way. So in Cain is all false religion. Okay? Now whether it's the palm reader, whether it's someone, you know, attacking Jesus Christ whether it's a black Hebrew Israelite, whatever you want to call it, that strain of individual came out of Cain. And then there is Abel. Abel represents the things of the Lord in a satisfying way because he brought, did I say Cain Abel? Okay, Abel brought the firstling of his flock that honored God. Why? Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So we got a lot of people preaching, but they're preaching a bloodless sacrifice. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Am I right about it? So here in Abel, we have the things of God that are set forth. He was a keeper of the sheep. And John Baptist said, as it relates to Jesus, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Now Moses told Israel, all of you that are on the Lord's side, come to me. Because there's a distinct difference between Cain and Abel. Amen. And this difference is carved out in their actions. So 
when it came time to bring God an offering, Cain brought of the fruit of the ground. Now, these apricots and these pears and these apples and these, you know, oranges would have won in the county fair probably first place because it was the best fruit almost ever that he brought. Now, let's focus in on Cain right quick because I think there's something here that can help us. We have to be real clear about it that Cain's offerings did not please the Lord. Because we cannot worship God without bloodshed. So that's why Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures because he came to shed his blood that would please God. Now, Cain did the opposite. And I thought about us this morning. I tell you what I thought about. I wonder how many of us in here whose praises pleased the Lord or you didn't give nothing. See, when we're dealing with God, we must do those things that what? Please him. And so I asked the question, Lord, does my praise please you? See, if you're just praising God because the person next to you is doing it, you're not even in the loop. You ought to praise God when you think about the goodness of Jesus. And when you think about all that the Lord has done, is doing, and going to do for you, shouldn't, you should not have to have no coach to praise God. You ought to just praise him because of who he is. You ought to praise him because of what he's done. And quit sitting up looking so doggone sophisticated. This is not about who can look the most sophisticated. The, the, the thing in our, all of our, our, you know what I'm saying, our heart, the thing ought to be, Lord, are my praises pleasing to you? If you didn't give no praise, God ain't pleased. You didn't do nothing. And see, the problem, according to Revelation, in these days, and no matter how much this is said, some of y'all still propped up like a dummy. No forward movement. You ought to want your praises to be pleasing unto God. The fruit of my lips giving thanks to his name. And then something else I thought about this morning. Is my giving pleasing to God? Or am I just, just doing something? I want my praises. I want my giving. I want my living to be pleasing to the one who made me. Cain didn't care. He threw whatever up there he wanted to put up there and he knew that that was not what God was calling for. 
we're not going to cause God to change his mind. I told a young lady yesterday in a department store because the conversation had come up about the Lord. And I said to her, do you realize that God has sin? She said, what? I said, do you realize that God has sin? Oh, that's impossible. I said, no, it ain't. Because if you cast your sins on him, he got them. Could I get some help in here? See, y'all want to be everyday Sunday folk. This ain't everyday Sunday. God has sin. It's yours. And mine. So here Cain is going to force his, his way upon God. And God says, I'm rejecting all your offering. Don't you want your praise to be pleasing to him? Don't you want your worship to be pleasing to him? I know I do. Oh, no, I ain't just coming in no building and just do something. I want God to be here with me. And he is. So in, in Cain represents all of the false religions of the world, wherever they may be. And uh, Cain was a wicked person. So let's see if we can put a little track on him. In Genesis 4 and 8, the Bible says, And Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel in the field, rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. Now, you got to understand the word slew. We're not talking about just sneaking up behind him, hitting him in the head with a stone, and him falling to the ground. We mean, and see, here's, here's, here's another thing you got to understand about Cain. When you put a C-O in front of his name. God, look, walk with me. <laughs> Can't you walk with me for just a moment? You got cocaine. And Cain is still killing his brother. So when we talk about slew, we're talking about killing him beyond the point of death. We're talking about Cain just killing Abel over and over and over again. He probably beat his head until it fell off. I just slew him. He was that angry with his brother. We see so much of that among us. Every morning you turn the TV on. So at what point do we love one another? At what point do we love our brother? And at what point do we let stuff go? All right, moving right along. I know you got to answer. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the way it is. So, so what happened in the process is that he slew him. Now notice this. In verse 9, And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? 
And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. See, he killed Abel, but he didn't know that Abel's blood had a voice. And it was crying out to God from the ground. He bled out. Okay? Y'all still here? In verse 11. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee its strength. In other words, you've been making a living off this ground. The ground is not going to yield to you no more. So you're going to have to figure out how to make it. Okay? A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Ain't that something you got a dead man... Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hidden, and I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer or a vagabond in the earth, and it shall come to pass that anyone that findeth me shall slay me. A life for a life. But God was gracious unto Cain, and uh, didn't kill him, but allowed him to go free. Now you say it's a doggone shame the way that Cain did his brother. I say amen, brother. Amen, sister. You say Cain, he, he isn't kill somebody, but he won't God's mercy on his own life. And the Lord gave that to him. Right? Have you been a recipient of the mercy of God here lately? Has he been merciful to you? When he could have put you over the edge, did he do it? No, he didn't. But see, we want to talk about Cain and how he murdered Abel. That was cold-blooded murder. But if you hate your brother without a cause, aren't you a murderer too? So who are you hating without a cause because you're you going to hate them first because you think they're hating on you? All that is demonic. Love beareth all things, hopeth all things, believeth all things. Love never fails. That's the way out of your purgatory. Now, I could, I could go on with that, and I probably need to do a little something. I want you to go to 1 John chapter 3. Talking about Cain, and Cain is all false religion, and it's just bad. And that stuff is with us today. That's why you have to be very careful who you're doing your so-called Bible study with. And see, when people turn away from the Lord in the local church, then you have to turn away from them. Let them go. Because you're looking at Cain's brother right there. 
Amen. All false religion, say this back to me, all false religion comes out of Cain. Okay, are you in 1 John chapter 3? Let's look at verses 11 and 12. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and killed his brother. And why killed is he him? Because his own works were evil. And his brother's righteous. That's why he killed him. Because Abel was about doing what was right. Cain was about doing what was wrong. And, and when Cain, who was the oldest, could not get the younger boy to follow in his footsteps, then he killed him. And he killed him beyond the opportunity of killing somebody. He slew him. And then Cain is set up. False religion. I take it seriously when I meet someone who attacks the gospel. I take it seriously. I take it personal. Because you're attacking the gospel that I was redeemed with. And you expect me to be your friend. I'm not your friend. Because you are an enemy of the cross of Christ. Amen. All right. Now. I'm going to close that section out. So in conclusion with Cain, Cain, first of all, was of that wicked one, the devil. Out of Eve's womb came two different boys, one righteous and one wicked. Now, Abel is called righteous Abel, and we're fixing to get in, uh, take a look at him. He was called righteous Abel. Not because of the fact that he brought the lamb without blemish and because all of his lambs were good. That's not why he was declared righteous. And see, the biggest challenge to mankind is how can I, the way that I am, be accepted by a God who's holy and perfect and not like me. How can I garner up his favor on my life? Because I'm just a pilgrim traveling through this land. I don't belong here. This world is not my home. A man named Dawkins Caldwell released a sperm in the Olive Faye Caldwell's womb and Fred A. Caldwell Sr. was born. It never would have happened if God didn't want it to happen. So when you look at your own life, you're here by divine assignment. You're here to have the children, to bring them up in the fear, nurture, and admonition of the Lord, and to teach them the ways of the Lord. Because the world out there is waiting to kill every one of our kids. So we must not be ignorant, unattached parents and unattached from our grandchildren and all the rest of that stuff because we want to be like selfish Cain. That, Cain is one of the most selfish people in the Bible. 
when you want it all for you, you have to check yourself. But what about Abel? Okay, what about Abel? I said all that to say this. How can a man born in sin be declared righteous in the sight of God? Is it by works? No. You can't do enough works to be accepted in the sight of God. It has to be by faith that God gives you righteousness. There's no other way to do it. And each one of God's children is adopted. Because you, you cannot be born physically of God. So in the spirit realm, you must be born again. Aren't you glad you adopted? Look at the person next to you. If they're born again, they adopted. Don't they look adopted? Look at their clothes. <laughs> You can tell some of us been adopted because, you know. Yeah. All right. Okay. Now, let's look at Abel. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4. And one beautiful thing about Abel is that, yeah, he did bring the firstling of his flock, but that didn't make him righteous. I say that did not make him righteous in, in the sight of a holy God. So what did make Abel righteous in the sight of God? Because he had to be to deal with God. So what made him righteous in his generation? Faith. Faith. It takes faith to please God. It takes faith to be born again. It takes faith to have the kind of, 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 of walk with God that God requires in days like these. So it was not the animal sacrifices that caused Abel to be declared righteous in the sight of God. It was the same thing that causes you and I to be declared righteous in the sight of God. What is that? It's faith. And out of faith will pour good works. Out of faith will come good works. Oh yeah, I want to be able to go by and do whatever I can at my church. I want to strengthen believers when I meet them in Target and Walmart. I want to speak well of the brothers. I want to pray for my brothers and sisters. I want to do righteous deeds. But doing righteous deeds don't make me righteous. It's my faith that declares me righteous in the sight of God. And once that happens, nobody can unattach me from my father's hands. Oh, yes, his hands are so big, man. Have you ever shaken a big man's hand? You just swallow your little knuckles up. Right? Uh-huh. All right, Abel. Are you in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4? All right, then. Let's move out from there because we are declared righteous by faith and not by works. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4. The Bible says by faith, not by works. Only thing you got to do 
is to believe God, take him at his word, and call on Jesus. And you're going to become a part of this adopted family over here. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent. See, our praise ought to be excellent. Our giving ought to be excellent. Our worship ought to be excellent. Oh, how excellent is thy name, O oh Lord, in all earth. Oh, my praises, excellent. Church attendance. Bible study. Let it all be done in excellence. Because it pleases God. So Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Yeah, they were they were compared. That's that's that they were compared. Abel's offering before God was compared with Cain knowing gone to church self. Okay, how, how, you know, how can you be a Christian sitting in your house on Sunday morning while the church that you say you're a member of is in session? What are you doing? You cannot have excellent praise and worship at your house while your church is involved in excellent praise and worship. You're out of place. Well, you know, Pastor, I just needed that time to stay home with me and God. Well, why do you think he connected you with some more folk? You ain't supposed to be at home. You can be at home at other times. Your praise and worship at your house is not excellent when your church is where it is supposed to be. That'd be just like, okay, how did you get to Walmart? I drove over here. Where's the rest of your body? Oh, my head saw me over here. You can't get to Walmart just your head driving the car. How are you going to put the brakes on? <laughs> Man going to teach. Okay. Now, now notice this. In, in, in Cain, in Abel, in Abel's offering, okay, that was something that preceded the death of Cain and Abel. And that was the, the application of the coats of skins. You remember them coats of skins? Both are plural. And for a long time, people have been trying to say that what Adam and Eve put on was lamb skin. You ain't got that nowhere in your Bible. Quit saying that. They were coats of skins. Now, when you talk about being declared righteous in the sight of God, you're talking about faith in God, and God gives you righteousness as a free gift. It's not something you earn by bringing an animal. It's the righteousness of faith. That's what brings us righteousness. Which means then, if I live to be a thousand years old, you can never put me in the hell because I got God's righteousness. Amen. And that righteousness will never wear out. Matthew 23. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 23. 
Is anybody getting anything out of this? Is there anyone in here that's listening? Because God knows I'll be praying. I'll be praying for me and praying for you. And I, because I, I want us to, to grow in this and understand what this is. Righteous Abel. Matthew 23, 34, 35. Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them you shall kill and crucify, and some of them shall you scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city, that upon you, because of all of your killing of these righteous people that unto you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias son of Bechariah whom you slew between the temple and the altar you notice what Jesus calls Abel Righteous Abel. Not righteous because of his sacrifice, but righteous because of his faith. Ain't that powerful? I believed on Jesus and called on him, and God clothed my human spirit as I sit here. My human spirit is clothed in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. It does not get no more powerful than that. Now, now you, you, you may have known me back in the day. You may have seen me passing through your local nightclub. You may have seen me and rubbed shoulders with me in the liquor store as we were buying something that we were going to consume that would consume us. We were in the consumption business. But now. I say, but now. I'm declared righteous because of my faith in Jesus Christ. That's a tall order that a man can start from ground zero trying to establish his own righteousness, which he could never Establish God's righteousness because what he's doing is on his own. And, and this is what I'm saying. Just like Abel was declared righteous in the sight of God and Cain was rejected, Abel's offering was acceptable to God because he was doing it by faith. It was not the offering that made him righteous. It was the faith that he acted on that did. Did you get that? Can you say even me? Amen. See, because I don't want you unattached from this. You got to understand that gift of righteousness that, that, that God has given you, it will never pass away. It will never fade away. Because just like you got wicked, Cain, you got righteous Abel. Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Oh, yes, God is able. 
I know he's able. He's able. He's able. Able. He's able to carry you through. Yes, God is able. He's able. Some of y'all don't want to sing. You know I can't sing you either, so you might as well come on. <laughs> you can't sing no better than me. You, so you don't want to be, you know, singing with me because you know I can't sing. That's why I'm singing because I know you can't either. <laughs> at some point, baby, have fun at church. At some point, have fun at church. God is not against us. Smiling, having joy, and all of that. He's not. Where did I tell you to go? Romans chapter 3. Now, this is, is very beautiful where we're headed. And this is going to show uh, us how the Lord put on this one garment called righteousness that fits all. I am so blessed and excited. I really am. To know that my stuff is eternally fixed. <laughs> it's eternally fixed and it cannot be altered. And I cannot do any action on my own to have God snatch this coat off my spirit. It is on your spirit if you're born again and my spirit forever. And God is not going to take it back. Because whatever God does, it shall be forever. Ain't that in your Bible? No man can add to it and no man can take away from it. You can call me a false teacher. You can, you can say whatever you want to say. You're not going to change the outcome of this beautiful story. What's so beautiful about your story is real simple. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. Man, I only had one nostril above the water, but the master of the seas heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me. Yeah, he lifted he got me up out of those murky waters. He lifted me. He, he lifted me on a Wednesday night. Almost 50 years ago. And that same God. That kept Abel. Is able to keep you. He's able. So you cast all of your cares, every one of your cares. Let God have that today. Because he's a big picker-upper. His blood will take away that stain of sin off your spirit. And you will never be the same. Oh God, create within us a desire to live the good life before we leave here. You don't want all your life to be stained with problems from people and, and, and all that. At some point, you ought to want good to come. At some point, you ought to want that desire 
that God has for you to be fulfilled in your home. Riding along life's highway. You're just happy. And you ain't got nothing on. I mean, no music on. <laughs> Some of y'all ain't right. You need to come on to the altar and get a tap on your forehead. <laughs> Praise Jesus. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy. And it does not mean that stuff doesn't happen to me. Stuff happens. I'm a preacher. You ought to know that stuff happens to me. But you know what I refuse to do? I refuse to get the enemy this day. Because this is the day. Not tomorrow. Tomorrow may never be mine. But this is the day that the Lord has made. And I'm going to figure out how to rejoice in it. And I'm going to figure out how to be glad in it. Because I got somebody I can cast all my cares on. Not only will he forgive me, he will carry me when the going get tough. Oh, yes, he will. When the going get tough, God is going to pick me up, turn me around, plant my feet on solid ground. Jesus is my rock of ages. Cliff for me. And Lord, let me hide myself in you. I don't care what happens. I know how to hasten to his throne. And when you know how to get to the throne of God, don't you let nothing pull your enjoyment down. Don't you let nothing and nobody take your joy away. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me, and the world cannot take it away. I got joy. I got peace. I got love. I got eternal life. I got all God's stuff over here with me. I'm a happy camper. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. My eternity is secure. Yes, it is. My life is in God's hands. Yes, it is. I know because he, he kept it. He kept me. He kept me. He kept me. And he didn't do it because I'm all that and a bag of fries from Mickey D. He kept me because there's a purpose. Oh, God help us. There's a purpose that I don't quite understand that God is still working out just for me like he's doing just for you. You still here because there's a reason. And you better be about finding out why am I still here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't have to know this Bible from Genesis to Revelation either. I don't. I, I, I would like to. I know a lot of it. But I'm eternally secure because Jesus got up from the dead. Came out of hell. Just to hold us in his loving arms. Isn't that beautiful? Romans. Well, I'm out of time. Now some of y'all are going to say, now you want to talk about time. <laughs> 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 I 
Well, there's a cliff fast, and the front of the car is leaning down toward the valley. And you're going to talk about, well, I'm going to stop now and get out. <laughs> you stay in the back seat and do the best you can. But uh, allow me to close this like this. See, because you need to understand that that gift of righteousness is a God-given guarantee that you're going to be with Jesus, God the Father, Peter, James, and John over there. I said over there. Where the wicked is going to cease from troubling. Over there. Where the weary is going to be at rest. Over there. Where every day will be sweeter. Than the day before. Man, we're going to walk on golden streets over there. So when you confess your sins, he's faithful and just, listen to this, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteous. Oh, yes. Yes. Finally got a church that understands. That God ain't picking on you. If God is doing any picking, it's called picking you up. Have you ever been at your lowest? You didn't think that anybody loved you, anybody cared? Then that big old hand just picked you up. And told you that he loves you. And cleansed you in his blood. And set your feet on a rock to stay. Man. God help. In the conclusion of this righteousness. Which everyone must have in order to see God's face in peace. You got to have it. Now everybody is going to heaven. Because that's where the judgment. Well not the judgment seat of Christ is. But that's where the great white throne judgment is. It's in heaven. And so is the judgment seat of Christ. Which takes place right after the rapture. So those of us that are following in that path. That Abel followed in. And accepting Jesus have been declared righteous. Our faith did it. But those that are traveling with Cain will be forever destroyed. So I would rather spend my time in church and Bible study and learning how to love people and learning how to love my neighbor. I'd rather spend time with that taken away from the cowboy games. Y'all know that Garrett is going to be an offensive coordinator. Well, that's what it should have been all along. But I really don't care who wins the game because over here all of us are winners. All of us. Christ has made all of us to be victorious. So whatever your team is, I hope y'all win. <laughs> That's the best I can do for you, Holmes. I, I want to conclude like this because it, this just, it just ignites. It ignites 
my human spirit. And that's what is clothed to know that I am saved and I'm sanctified. And I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Everything else doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, if I happen to end up in a coffin or you, you can't fix nothing from that position. But you ought to be glad that God stopped by your place and put his righteous garment upon you and locked it in. Yeah. <clears throat> Romans 3, did I tell you? I thought you was in the spirit. Okay, Romans chapter 3. And the reason we're going there is to show you how this thing works. Okay? And God, if he has done it for you, he doesn't have to do. See, God doesn't do do-overs. When he did it the first time, it was sufficient. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 3, commencing at verse 21. Let's start at verse 20, at verse 19. Now listen to this. Now we know, see, in, in, in Christendom, there's some things you ought to know and stand on and don't ever abandon. Amen. No matter how fierce the war is, you still won. Now, we know that whatever things the law said, that's the law of Moses, is said to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God because that's what the law does. It finds you and it say, here's a summons. And when you read it, it's saying guilty. And you're to be put to death. That's what the law says. Verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, or trying to keep the Sabbath day, or whatever you want to put in there. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, shall no flesh be justified, that word means to be declared righteous, in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. So when God gave the law, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. By the law is the knowledge of sin. We wouldn't know sin if the law had not been given. And the law was given to kill you. Is administration of condemnation. I'm enjoying this. Do I have anybody else enjoying this? Okay, good. It, right now, if, I, if, if we could serve ice cream and vanilla wafers, I'd have the ushers to bring the ice cream and the vanilla wafers. And for those of you that don't eat either, either I'd eat yours. I'm skeptical of people that don't like desserts. People that don't like desserts, they don't know the sweetness of life. So where are you getting your sugar from? No, no. <laughs> no. No. 
Thank y'all for being patient with the pastor. Okay, now, notice this in verse 21. This is very serious. Y'all get serious. <laughs> okay, now, notice this. But now, that's the immediate time, right? But now, the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is manifested. The word manifested means is brought out into the open and is made known. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is manifested being witnessed by the law and the prophets. What is that? Even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe for there is no difference. Now wait just a minute. The righteousness of God, yeah. How is that? Which is by faith of Jesus Christ. Notice what it does not say. It does not say by faith in Jesus Christ. Now that all there becomes an object for discussion. Because the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, is a whole other subject matter. So let me see if I can just break it down and give it to you. It's the righteousness of faith and is by faith of Jesus Christ. See, Jesus had to have faith in order to please God. Yeah. Jesus had to have faith to do what he was sent into this world to do. He came into this world to seek and to save that which was lost by dying for the sins of the whole wide world. So what is the faith of Jesus Christ? It's the faith that Jesus has. What was that? Can't you hear him saying? I do always those things which please the Father. You can't say that. We still smell the cigarette on your jacket. You can't say that. So Jesus is faith. Even in trying times, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Jesus' faith held in every circumstance he faced. It didn't crumble. It didn't cause him to run away and hide. It's the faith of Jesus Christ that causes our foundation to not crumble. <laughs> It causes my faith to be good in the marketplace. Because his faith is a holding faith. The faith that he has given us will also hold if we don't run away. You know, a lot of times when it gets tight for us, baby, we, we turn the phone off, we, we TV, we, we just want to be all by ourselves while the devil beat us up in our own house. We've been all beaten up. We think we be in heaven. We, we ain't studying the Bible. We ain't praying. We're we going to cogitate, Pastor. We're going to see what the Lord has to say. It's real simple. Having done all the stand, stand. Get up. Get on up. Get up. So the faith that Jesus had and has, it didn't crumble. Isn't that something? 
Don't run away from God. Run to God. You got a problem this morning? You run to God and you tell him all about it. And you believe that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. All right? Let me hear on to a close. Being, oh, verse 23. Okay? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Being justified or declared righteous freely, that means without a cause. Being justified freely by his grace. I thank God for grace. Lord, I thank you for your grace. Being justified freely, how? By his grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, that is in the blood of Jesus. Now, Cain missed all this. Abel caught a view of all this. That's why he brought a sacrifice with blood in it. I shall forever be grateful. How about you? In verse 25, whom God has set forth, Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation, he's our mercy seat, through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness, not my own, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past. Aren't you glad that all of your sins, every one of your sins in the past have already been forgiven? Every one of those sins in your past. Chevy at the levee. All that has been forgiven. But it was not forgiven without a cost. The blood of Jesus paid the price so that all our sins can be remitted. Now, all your sins have been forgiven if you've accepted Jesus. And all of my sins have been forgiven. If I have accepted Jesus. And I have. But. Where is the rejoicing? If I know that I've been forgiven. If they were getting rid of the sinners of me to life here in Kettle Parish. Because of a, a act that I committed. And they sent a courier to my, uh, to my cell. And he passed me a paper through the bars. And it says. You will be being released today at 12 noon. All of your actions against the law have been remitted. Do you think I'm just going to take the paper and just sit down and... Not me. I probably will bend the bar. Being so happy that I've been forgiven. I can't wait until the jailer come and unlock this door and let the captives go free. Jesus came to unlock the door and let the captives go free. And that's why every time, if it's on our mind, when we come together, there ought to be rejoicing over rejoicing over rejoicing. Even though it was done a long time ago, Lord, I still remember. <laughs> I still remember how you set me free. And I'm going to do it like it was today. That's what's missing when we come. When we come. That's what I'm talking about. Hey. Did you feel that thing? 
Okay. Verse 26. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him who believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified, declared righteous, by faith apart from the deeds of the law. It is unto all and upon all. So when you came to Jesus, God had a garment of righteousness that you cannot see to fit upon your human spirit. So it's unto all and it's draped upon all them that believe. Well, may God's eternal grace, which is our abiding place, cause us to remember when we come before the Lord, we're not supposed to come before him empty. We're supposed to come with gratitude. We're supposed to come with offerings. We're supposed to come with words of joy, thanksgiving, praise. And we're to release our heart to God to worship him. Say these words to your neighbor. Do you want what you offer to God to be pleasing to God? Well, make your offering, your praise and your worship be pleasing to God when you remember how he saved you. No matter how long ago that has been. You ought to praise him. Yeah. That's what this is all about. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come the Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is, when will Jesus return? I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago, and he answered me, came into my heart, and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. The trouble all over the world. I'm telling every man, woman, boy, and girl is coming soon. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you said those words, and if you mean those words, they are recorded. In the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. 
Much, much love to you. Now the question's up. Hello, this is Bishop Carwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before, and you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible, you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you. Amen. Yeah.